have the answers. Right. Go to SSNATL.com and click on the contact tab. As much as you like. We're the nation's urban station online. SSNATL.com. Emma Knows Money is brought to you by AARP's Fraud Watch Network. Go to AARP.org or SSNATL.com and click the Fraud Watch Network banner for more info. We are back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. And our Emma Knows Money segment today is brought to you by the gracious AARP of Georgia. You are watching us live on Facebook. Some of you, some of you are watching us live on Periscope. <laughs> if you're on Facebook, if you want to watch us live, the full production, with the full production value, go to Facebook.com backslash not dumbed down. Okay, and you can watch us, or you can go, if you're on Facebook, go to Sensation Station Network, hit the like button, and you'll be able to see us live. Um, if you want to text, if you want to join in the FinRen conversation, go ahead and text us at 678-613-5857, for those of you who still know how to text, or feel free to drop your comments in the comment section, someone will see them. Um, <laughs> This today's show is is a little exciting. I'm I'm very proud and honored to have C.W. Hall um, in the building in the studio with me today. Good morning, sir. I am so excited to be here. This has man. been a long time I, coming, right? I don't know how long ago it was, but I started seeing these photos and videos of you doing the show in this really crazy looking studio. I was like, oh my God, what's she doing? Yeah, I had to find out about it. It's pretty dope. You like our and, floor? <laughs> It's awesome. I know, right? And, and, you know, here we are. We started, like you were saying, what, 16? I don't remember. Ago? Like, I literally... Four, three I, years ago, I don't four remember. years ago, somewhere in there. It's been a while. So, to see you here and doing this now, it's so cool. Thank you. Very Thank cool. You. Happy to be here. I'm happy to make you proud. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to disappoint. I unleashed the beast. <laughs> yes, you did. You have no idea what you were doing, right? So um, one of the topics that I want to talk about today has to do with minimum wage. So check this out. Do you know that minimum wage, which I believe is seven seventy-five, it's under 8 bucks an hour, that a worker working full-time earning minimum wage cannot afford rent anywhere in the United States of America? Not with just one job, for sure. Not with just one job. No so way. when if you graduate from high school and you have a minimum wage job, you have no way of being able to uh, support yourself. You've got to get 10 roommates. You have to live with your parents. So well, we've been making fun of people <laughs> living with their parents, but literally there is no way for you to, if, unless you have a college degree, and that's a whole other set of issues with the student loan debt, et cetera, et cetera. But people in our country are not able to afford to have a decent living. And and the the minimum wage you can't even get a, an apartment in the hood okay I don't even know if you can get a trailer <laughs> I don't even know if you can rent a trailer in a trailer park like when they say nowhere in the US they mean nowhere in the US so right now um, per the low income housing coalition nationally a person would need to make seventeen dollars and ninety cents to rent a modest one-bedroom apartment Okay, they would need to make uh, $22.10 to get a two-bedroom apartment. That's, that's ridiculous. And the, it, it, right now, well, let me ask this. Who do you think is the most expensive state to rent an apartment? I'd say California. Okay. Go out um, west about another six hours by plane. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. 
Hawaii. Yeah. Hawaii is actually the most expensive place, state to live in and to rent an apartment. Um, if you want to rent a modest two-bedroom apartment in the state of Hawaii, you have to earn $36 an hour, and that comes out to about 75 Gs a year. Um, and in the state of Hawaii, their minimum wage is only $10.10, and that was an increase this year. Wow. Like, that is asinine. Mm. I, I can't imagine. Now, where would you think the cheapest place to rent an apartment is in the United States? New Mexico? Uh, Montana? No, South no, it's Dakota, in the south. North Dakota? It's in the south. It's, it's, in, it's in the south. <laughs> oh, okay. Ar Kansas. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, Arkansas. Um, Arkansas is the cheapest place, has the cheapest housing in the U.S. Uh, their minimum wage is $8.50 an hour, yet in order for you to um, afford a two-bedroom apartment, you would have to make $13.84 or roughly $29,000 a year. Um, I don't know what the poverty line is, but I think it's right at around that $30,000 mark. Mm. I just think that we're asking for trouble if you're asking people um, who are earning low wages to have to work two jobs. If they're working more than one job and they have children, who's raising those children? You know, what happens to those kids? So now we have a latchkey kid situation. Um, usually when you're in poor neighborhoods, we have gangs or mm -hmm. unsavories. Uh, the unsavories like to, to uh, prey on people that don't have a lot of adult supervision. Right. And then we have this situation where we've got these young people that don't, also don't have jobs that are out there doing, you know, some really nasty stuff in the community, and we all wonder why, or we blame the parents. Well... This is not a parent thing. This is a country thing. And thankfully, um, I think the banks are starting to realize that Jamie Dimon, he's the CEO of uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, he had a letter in his shareholder letter. He, you know, made a commitment to raising, you know, the, the minimum wage for his workers and things of that nature. But yet and still, we saw, even if the minimum wage is raised to $15 an hour, it's still not enough. It has not gone up with inflation over the last 40 years. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking about when you were discussing the minimum wage and where it is right now. I mean, it, that, that's evidently what it's done. We, we haven't been increasing it with the cost of living over the years. Cause now, and now there's this precipice. How do you fix it? Right. How do you fix it and who's going to pay for it? And, and I feel bad for people in the retail industry. I, was at, I had to go to McDonald's. It was a long story, but I had to go to McDonald's about two weeks ago for breakfast, and I noticed that they've got machines that fill up your drinks. Like, there's not even a person doing that anymore. And then I heard that they're going to have robots that are going to be flipping burgers and, you know, things along that nature. So, you know, if you're a business owner, you know, think about that salary that you're paying your people and, and what we're uh, expecting of them. But as a country, we do need to do better. Coming up on Financial Renaissance with the M's, Amazon is dipping its toe into healthcare. And my uh, top five news stories of the week when we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's. Lots of people meet friends and potential love interests online through dating sites, social media, or mobile apps. It can be a great way to meet people, but not everyone is who they say they are online. In fact, scams related to online relationships are on the rise. It's a red flag if the person wants to move quickly to personal email or instant messaging to continue talking. Professors love quickly, claims to be from the United States, but is working or traveling abroad, plans to visit but cancels at the last minute, ask for money to deal with an emergency, or ask you to open a bank account for them. Here are some things you can do. Cut off contact if you suspect a scam. Watch your wallet. Don't wire money, 
send cash or put money on gift cards for someone you know only online. Learn more about online relationship scams at aarp.org backslash fraudwatch network. I had the most absurd nightmare. I was poor and no one liked me. <laughs> and we're back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. Thankfully, that nightmare has stopped playing itself over and over and over in my head. That's how I felt during the recession. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to clip coupons. Oh my gosh, I have to balance my checkbook. And we all know the recession may be upon us again, but this time it's going to be a little bit different. We're prepared for it, and I have proof that all of America has been listening to my show, and they are taking the proper steps that are necessary. But we'll get to that during my top five news stories of the week. So, Amazon. Um, Amazon, I have a little bit of a love-hate relationship with, because I'm not really sure I understand what they're doing to squeeze the smaller business owner out and things like that. But what I do like is Amazon is piloting a virtual healthcare platform, um, and they're calling it Amazon Care. What I love about this is that unlike uh, Obamacare and a lot of the other stuff, we're not the beta testers. Okay, so they are trying it out on their employees first, <laughs> which is the way it should be. Don't test it out on the on the mass population and figure out if it works or not. No, try it out um, small scale. So what they're doing is um, they're doing this with just their employees. The Amazon Care users can chat, they can video call, and they can even receive an in-person um, visit from a mobile care nurse seven days a week. Can you imagine being home and typing something in an app and a nurse comes and knocks on your door with a bag with the IV and all that stuff oh that would just I don't know that this would is just, where it's going it, it it's, is it's it's upon us it's it, what it's beyond Amazon oh yeah oh yeah the, the the what is it the horse is already out the gates um, this one this genie is not going back in the bottle so for those of us that are very upset with health insurance companies um, I have a beef with them because you know our, our health care costs is is greater than the rate of inflation inflation's at about three percent health care costs they're saying for 2020 will go up six point five percent that's the highest it's been um, when Obamacare was dropped on us uh, it started to, to go down a little bit but now that they've been tearing everything apart with no real solution um, it's going to be going up so right now it looks like they have a partnership in the state of Washington with a group called Oasis Medical Group um, the other service that you'll be able to get is a two-hour prescription <laughs> delivery <laughs> Amazon bought um, that startup I believe it's called PillPack um, so they bought them for about $750 million, and so that's another way that we're going to... Why don't you just get the drones out? Just drone me my, my, my prescriptions. Mm -hmm. Like, that is going to be fascinating. So in addition to a nurse coming to your home to take your vitals and see what's going on and checking in with the doctor, you don't have to leave the house to go to the drugstore to get your prescription. Like, the worst thing in the world, I don't know if you've ever had the flu, but after the flu and the doctor tells you you have the flu, now you need to go get your antibiotics and everything else. you got to drive up to the drugstore and sit there. And you feel like cuss. <laughs> and you, right, right. And you just feel horrible yeah. and you can barely drive and everything else. So I think it's going to be great that um, they have this delivery service as well. Um, they, I don't know when they're going to do the... Um, consumer-facing release, but they will be releasing it with the Amazon Prime customers first, is what it's looking like. And that, oh my gosh, I can't wait. I get free uh, medical care through the Veterans Administration. Shout out to the U.S. Army. Thank you. Or I shouldn't be thanking them if I have free. <laughs> no, that means I'm hurt. <laughs> um, but it, Amazon Care is a growing trend um, 
between larger employers uh, experimenting with what to do. Like I know um, years ago I had went to visit the Home Depot campus. Uh, Home Depot is headquartered here in the great state of Georgia. And what they do with healthcare, and they've been doing, this is probably like 10 years ago, they have a doctor on the campus. So if you don't feel well, you don't have to wait to go see a doctor. You just go downstairs and you go see the doctor. Like, it's mind-blowing, but it's cheaper for Home Depot to pay a couple of doctors than it is for, like, the big insurance plans. It, it just makes sense. They even have pharmacies. Like, there's a lot of companies now that will have a pharmacy um, if they've got different locations around the country. So they're looking at ways of cutting costs because the insurance companies are just not playing ball. And unfortunately, the insurance companies are greedy. And when you're greedy and you become too greedy, people will find an alternative. And that's what I like about um, technology. And also with 5G is going to change you know, the way that we do things, the way Uber, Lyft, and Instacart did. So for the insurance companies, a lot of them are probably on borrowed time. Um, they may not realize it yet, but here's my warning. You're on borrowed time. <laughs> Your days are numbered, insurance companies. <laughs> yeah, I think that the, the ability to change the, the, bend the curve, if you will, make a real impact in healthcare is going to come from employer-based groups doing things like what you're talking about yeah. with Amazon. Uh, so much of the cost of healthcare right now, I can tell you from my last 10 years in the space, it's, it's arbitrary, um, it's unnecessary, it's, it's, not, uh, it's certainly not aimed at you, the patient. Okay? You know, to me, when it comes to healthcare costs, especially in the hospital, I equate it to going to a club and buying a bottle. You know, you can buy a bottle of uh, champagne, a nice one, for about 60 bucks. You go to the club, they like, you know, that bottle's now $600. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a tenfold. The like, the, they jack up the cost of, of everything. And hospitals do that, too. And insurance companies okay, are Place okay with service, it. They're all, it's called. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So one of the, the cool things is I have noticed that, one, mental health is more of an issue now with a lot of insurance companies. Um, they're also giving people a lower premiums if they're healthier. If you stay healthy, they give you points. If you weigh in, if you go to your local drugstore and do your blood pressure and do different, you know, metrics, uh, they're trying to keep costs down with that. But the Amazon has also teamed up with Berkshire Hathaway, which is Warren Buffett's company, and J.P. Morgan Chase. Uh, they created Haven, which is a joint venture insure tech company. Okay, so there's some stuff that's going to come out of that. They're going to try it again. They're rolling this out to their employees first between the three companies, and that's going to serve about one point something million uh, customers. So they'll get to try it out with them first before rolling it out to us. So I'm here for it. I'm all here for it. I want to see my costs, insurance costs go way down. And um, I don't know if you've heard of the concierge doctors. That's something that I'd like to see. I'd like to see that kind of explode. and growing, in, too. Growing, too, in this space as well. I've heard a lot of positive things with that. When we're coming up on Financial Renaissance with the M's, we'll have my top five news stories of the week. We'll have my market movers and losers. And when we come back, C.W. Hall, we get to find out what he's been up to for the last three years. <laughs> Lots of people meet friends and potential love interests online through dating sites, social media, or mobile apps. It can be a great way to meet people, but not everyone is who they say they are online. In fact, scams related to online relationships are on the rise. It's a red flag if the person wants to move quickly to personal email or instant messaging to continue talking. Professors love quickly 
claims to be from the United States but is working or traveling abroad, plans to visit but cancels at the last minute, ask for money to deal with an emergency, or ask you to open a bank account for them. Here are some things you can do. Cut off contact if you suspect a scam. Watch your wallet. Don't wire money, send cash, or put money on gift cards for someone you know only online. Learn more about online relationship scams at aarp.org backslash fraudwatchnetwork. Fool me once. Shame on... Shame on you. It fooled me. We can't get fooled again. <laughs> yes, we can't get fooled again. This guy has never fooled me. <laughs> I love that. That that was oh my god. That was just one of those moments where you just had to shame on you. <laughs> oh, you can do a GW? Yeah, I love it. That's oh great. boy. So we are in the studio live with CW Hall. My mentor. Uh, I'm not the mentor. I just I just put the violin in your hand. You put the violin in my hand and told me what to do. Magic came out. Magic. So CW, what have you been up to since we broke up? The band broke up. Walking in the Valley of Darkness. Yeah, I saw that on here. You have you had a lot of, and no, I'm not popping the question to you today. Well, <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> uh, no, it, living the life of an entrepreneur, basically. You got um, a lot going on. You've got uh, life live wait live life well dot com, which is yeah, coming, right? It's, it's not coming. up yet. That's the next thing. That's why I'm here. Okay, and then Kinetic Business Communications, which that is but where you met me. So that's the show. That's right. That's the podcast? Executive Roundtable, Top okay. Docs Radio, came out of Kinetic Business Communications. Kinetic Business Communications is the, the company through which I help you grow your, your business, So help you tell your story. So let's take me, for instance. I'm a, a certified financial planner by day, um, and I'm a media mogul on the weekends. That's right. Yeah. So I come to you and I say, hey, you know, I, um, do you only work with doctors or er everyone? These days it's really focused on healthcare. Okay. Um, uh, the lion's share of the reason why I started the program to begin with, Top Docs Radio, that got started five and a half, going on six years ago, um, was was business development. It was the if you look at uh, LinkedIn at all, and, mm -hmm. and you're you're probably going to stumble across uh, was it Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, he talks about the importance of creating content. So mm -hmm. to see you integrating a program like this into what you're doing is very very wise. And I would say to any business uh, owner, I don't care what your service is. I don't care it virtual, whether it's retail, I don't care what it is. You need to be creating content. Creating content. Is mm -hmm. that what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, okay. That's right. And so, meeting people. And meeting people. Mm. <laughs> Sharing information of value. Mm. I share a lot of information. It's a labor of love. Um, you know, you help me find my voice and develop my voice and realize that the things that I, the way I felt was important and that I was uh, justified. A lot of times we feel a certain way and don't, don't know that we're thinking, you know. So let's, let's talk about some of the ways that you help people. So is your show on iHeart? Yeah, we're on uh, iHeart Radio Podcast, iTunes, Spotify now. Okay. Um, you know, Spreaker, uh, it lives on those now. When, when we start doing Live Life Well TV, it'll live on can you believe LiveLifeWell.com was available? No, I can't. It's mine. Um, <laughs> and we'll have a Sounds like Lance channel Armstrong. on YouTube. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't remember what Live that was. Strong. Don't, don't, okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, that's fine. We can give them a props. They, they share some good information. They do. They um, do. But YouTube as well, you know, video-based content now. That When we first started 
at Business Radio X, video really wasn't needed, wasn't a part of the thing. Uh, we didn't think it was really all that valuable. But over time, we got to realize that people do like to consume that kind of audiovisual content, the yeah. vlog, if you will. Yeah, it's a little weird for me uh, because I would much rather not have to, I'd like to just walk in in my robe and no one see what I look like. People would really pay attention. Well, I would watch. You would watch. But on your show, I started um, like right. doing things live, mm -hmm. and um, although I still have all of that content and it hasn't been edited yet and uploaded, but I still have mm -hmm. all of it. But I did realize that you know when we did do it live, we got a lot more of uh, people who were just kind of scrolling through, and they would end up tuning in. So it was it was a learning, a, a, a definite learning curve. Um, with LiveLifeWell.com, what is the um, so you're working with healthcare people, not just doctors. So let's talk about that healthcare space because there's more than just physicians. Your your topic discussing what Amazon is doing really was a nice uh, accidental segue, really, uh, because you have to take a hand in your healthcare. That the business leaders are, that are paying uh, so much money, millions, billions of dollars for healthcare for their employees. Um, are are seeing those costs rise with really at no containment and and there's some things that you must do yourself as a human that will help contain that cost and so part of what Amazon is doing um, and like I say it's already here even beyond Amazon and it is engage with people um, you have to you can't just go to the doctor and, and hope he'll give you a pill or hope they will give you uh, some kind of a surgery that, that fixes you, you. right um, after you know which you go back and and you know have some mac and cheese and a double cheeseburger followed by a pizza you know what I'm saying so the the reality of it is to live life well right there is work that you must do that can't really be done by anybody else on your behalf and have it work well we have to we have to also realize what we were taught in this country Okay, think, go back to, and I think you and I are around the same age, you go back to that pyramid, that chart of foods that we should be eating. You know, it was a lot of meat, a little bit of vegetables. You know, the chart was all wrong. And we are back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. You are watching us live somewhere. I don't know. You can listen to us on SSNATL.com. Uh, that is on the digital interweb. So if you have a computer or in your car, if you've got Wi-Fi, you can just go to SSNATL. Listen to us while you're on your way to the church, on your way back from the church. While you're sitting in church, go on and throw that earbud in. Listen to some, fin <laughs> some financial <laughs> gospel. <laughs> We are, we are here this morning with CW. Isn't that special? <laughs> CW Hall. Um, uh, man, dude, I miss you. Yeah, I miss this you is so fun. much. It's this really this fun. is a long time coming. Uh, we um, CW has a show also, so he's a competitor, not really, of mine. He has an executiveroundtable.co where um, him and a bunch of healthcare professionals talk about making things better for us, right? That's right. Um, over time, I've been talking on kind of higher level uh, healthcare topics, a lot of it around business of healthcare and and um, and so forth. But I wanted to create a channel of content for folks to help them understand. Maybe you know, it's, uh, it won't. I'm obviously not the only one, but to potentially be a voice that gives you some information that will empower you to do the things you need to do mm -hmm. 
to live life well. You 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 it. must get started. On, there's there's work that you have to do every day. Yeah, it self care. It's very difficult to start, and so uh, having mentors, uh, people who've been that way already, uh, and can, and have a roadmap for you is really what. I want to do with Live Life Well TV is to introduce you to people that I myself have gotten to know and and respect as uh, experts in their field. You being one of those people, I am. Um, and so it's it's about helping people get comfortable with the truth and not. Uh, I I totally relate to being dissatisfied with what the truth is, whatever it is. I've been 230 pounds before. I've had bad relationships. I've been dissatisfied with my job. Um, I've been dissatisfied with my financial situation. The upside is, you don't have to wait for somebody else to come help you. You can change that. You must. You must do work, but you absolutely can. And this is 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 what I like. I've come to this realization. One of the things about this show, with what I do on a daily basis, helping people manage their their wealth, helping people grow their wealth, helping people protect their wealth and pass down a legacy. But over the last, I've been in this business for t almost 20 years now, right? And I've been noticing trends. And when you start to know, if you pay attention to numbers, you start to notice trends. And data, unfortunately, does not lie. You can massage it, <laughs> but it does not lie. And what I'm seeing is people's incomes aren't growing. Healthcare costs are going up. Uh, there's, there's, I mean, thing on top of thing on top of thing on top of thing. And it's just a lot of pressure. And I asked myself, like, well, why the heck is everybody still working for someone? You know, if, if, if your employer is, doesn't give a care about you, why don't you go give a care about yourself? You know, you're better off. You're, you're better served. I'd rather earn 75% of what I earn and, and be happy and work hard for myself than work for corporate America that's going to run me into the ground. Yep. I'm not going to – a lot of – our bad relationships happen because we work too much. We're not around our families enough. Our kids resent us, you know, and I can go on and on and on and on. But the truth of the matter is you can control that. You don't have to work for corporate America. Yes, you may need health care benefits, but there's other things that you can do if you do some digging. We've gotten lazy. Mm -hmm. um, we've gotten, uh, what is it, pacified when, when you're just like, well, right. there's nothing I can do about That's right. it. And, you know, well, that is hopefully, what I next, help you hopefully next year, you know, I'll get, you know, a 6%. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Make your own path. Come up with multiple streams of income. We know the recession is coming. Figure out how to pay down some debt. Figure out how to buy stuff because there's a lot of other people making mistakes out there. You, the viewer, you the person, um, even your kids can get involved in this industry. Kids are making money nowadays. That's you know, right. encourage them. How they are don't... they doing that? You know how they're doing that? The computer. Well, they're making content. They're making. They're, <laughs> you know, the kids. Are, yes. I mean, think about it. They are the kings and queens of content. Yes, they're they're they've got millions of views. And yes, people are paying to be there. So you and don't influencers. have to. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Is you you, you are exactly right that um, when. To go back to how do I start, I mean, one of the things I wanted to be able to do with Live Life Well TV and, and LiveLifeWell.com is to be able to share voices of truth oh, that helped me significantly change my experience here. I'm not without challenges. When you say here, you mean on this planet? This, Yeah, in, this, in, this, yeah. in the matrix here okay. where we're playing right <laughs> well, you now. Keep you, here. you may not know it, but you're playing. <laughs> um, to be able to share voices that will help you understand oh 
holy cow, I can change that. There's a couple of books that I would definitely recommend people check out. Lynchpin. Okay. Lynchpin by Seth Godin. You talked about being in a job that you don't care about. One of the things that I thought was really cool about his book is that it teaches you about the, the physical, the biology of your brain that is important to understand that the lower part of your brain, they call it the lizard brain, the base, right at the top of your spinal cord. Yeah. It, it is essentially a child. It is the source of anger, resentment, revenge, sex, lust, um, pleasure. And for those of us that, uh, there are a lot of us um, in Washington that operate Absolutely. with Fear, that part of our brain. All of those things, those, uh, we all know how powerful those, those feelings are. And the more you experience those emotions in your life, the more that means you're living on that part of your brain. Meaning, yeah. you can change that if you start using the, the other parts of your brain. Yep. And, and so part of what Lynchpin does, and it spends a fair amount of the first part of the book kind of helping you understand that such that then you be, can begin to use what I like to call the voice, which is the, the your conscious mind, to begin to tell that child to, hey, go, yeah, go sit got, over there. You've got dude. two voices usually in your head. Yes. There's one that, that takes over, and that's from that lizard brain or that reptilian part that's of your right. brain, fight or flight, that, you know, very reactive. And then there's the thinking part of your brain. And if you can tune into that part and listen to that part, then things in your life start to change. You know, um, it's the same thing when you are, let's say you're shopping for a car and you want a, you know, yellow Nissan Sentra. I don't know if they even make those anymore, right? You want a yellow Nissan Sentra. All of a sudden you start seeing a bunch of yellow Nissan Sentras because you attract that to you. So if you have people around you who are always speaking negatively, you've got to clear that out. Someone sent yes. me a video that Oprah said yesterday that was so dope. I'll, I'll share it with you. But about, you know, our source energy, what we're connected to, we can't hear it if there's a lot of noise and you know, yep. turbulence around. And I've realized now how sensitive I am. So for the people who I'm close to, I end up assuming their problems. Like how what, whatever they feel, I actually feel it. So I have to be very careful and guarded about what I allow into my sphere. Because mm -hmm. I have to focus on what I have to focus on and all that other stuff, it ends up putting me into not even a freeze or, or flight or, or fight or flight. It puts me into a freeze mode where I don't do anything. And that's for me, is, is scary and dangerous, you know. Part of what he does, Seth, does in the linchpin is to help you understand you're you're just basically giving up your your life your if power. you will your power, your power if you allow yourself to be in a soul-sucking job whatever yeah. that may be I, a job is absolutely necessary work creating revenue for yourself is necessary all right but we don't but have to do it in the in the normal way that is correct you know you don't have to do it in the normal ways it doesn't have to if something doesn't feel good to you like the, the thing i tell i tell my son this i tell my wife i tell everybody that i'm close to your source energy your god your creator whatever it is that you're connected to will tell you when something isn't right for you and if you do not listen then something else bad happens. And it's like it's trying to smack you in the head with a brick until you listen. This isn't right for you, <laughs> you know, until you decide to do something different. And what I want my viewers to think about is, you know, as we're going into possibly another recession, how do you make some changes in your life? Come up with, a, a, I did a show on 150 different 
gig economy jobs you can do from the apps on your phone, mm -hmm. okay? You can figure out how to make money. I myself now am supporting more small businesses than the larger business. I give smaller businesses the right to first refusal. The, the prices may not be as well, but I need to support my community, not big, you know, not big corporate America anymore. That those days are gone. The lizard will say, "I don't know. I don't. I what? I don't know anything about business. I don't have a particular skill." And and what Seth Godin challenges you to do is, what makes you? What is something that you do that that fills you with joy when you're doing it? That you you know maybe you're not, maybe you don't feel like it is at a level of skill that is something commercial. Right, I'm an artist, but I'm not. Some, nobody's going to buy my art. Well, publish art and improve yourself. It's it's all about understanding that if you will begin to work on yourself, don't wait for someone to change your situation. But there's maybe you said learn a book. Learn a book. <laughs> read a book. I don't have time to read. Yeah. I, I I spend a lot of time driving in my car. Uh, that's how I consume these books. Um, Audio books. Absolutely. That's what you mean when you say you're in your car, right? You're not reading while you're driving. That, well, you know, sometimes I'll set my hands between the steering wheel and hold the book on. No, I did see that on 475. I can, I can believe it. I can, I've seen a lot. But to to begin to you to, you hit the nail on the head, and that's part of what I was talking about here with mentors is. Be very guarded with what you allow your mind to spend its time doing. Yes. Um, you know, I used to be one who consumed all kinds of political TV and news. Um, it kept me it's agitated and, and angry, um, and you end up you end up resenting a good portion of your fellow man that you must walk around. Not only with. that, but if you if you're here for a purpose and you are clouded by something that you, I mean we can't control what those yahoos do. I mean we can vote them and we can vote them out, but what they say on a daily basis we don't have any control over. Why are you focused on that? That's right. What do, what does what our president say or what the Democrats say or what the Republicans say? What is that doing to your bottom line tomorrow? Is That's that right. going to help you feed your child? Is that going to help you pay your mortgage payment? It's not. You figure out what you need to figure out and and let them do what they want to do. Uh, we'll vote them out eventually, but you have to take responsibility for your life, every aspect of it. When you wake up in the morning, there's no rule that says you have to turn on the news right away. There's no rule when you wake up in the morning that you have to jump on social media and see what's going on. You have to spend some time, and that's part of that self-care. I've largely checked out of all that. Oh, heck yeah. Really? Heck yeah. Like, it's very, you know, I have to use social media because of, you know, sure, what I'm but doing. Sure, what you focus on. But what it. I do is I pre-program a lot of stuff where I jump on, I do what I need to do, and I jump back off because it sucks me in, and it doesn't make me feel good. Uh, when I see a lot of stuff. So when we come back uh, on the other side of this commercial on Financial Renaissance, we'll have my AARP MNO's Money um, tips for open enrollment, and we'll have my top five news stories of the week, and CW is going to hang out with us. One in seven Americans will struggle with addiction during their lifetime. Want to know how you can help? Go to heretolisten.com for tips and tools to help turn addiction around. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council. SSNATL.com is a Radio 2 Atlanta station, which provides a daily mix of awesome hits with smart talk. For the smarter listener, your choice just became clear. SSNATL.com.
Radio that's not dumbed down. Lots of people meet friends and potential love interests online through dating sites, social media, or mobile apps. It can be a great way to meet people, but not everyone is who they say they are online. In fact, scams related to online relationships are on the rise. It's a red flag if the person wants to move quickly to personal email or instant messaging to continue talking. Professors love quickly, claims to be from the United States but is working or traveling abroad, plans to visit but cancels at the last minute, ask for money to deal with an emergency, or ask you to open a bank account for them. Here are some things you can do. Cut off contact if you suspect a scam. Watch your wallet. Don't wire money, send cash, or put money on gift cards for someone you know only online. Learn more about online relationship scams at aarp.org backslash fraudwatchnetwork. with Financial Renaissance with the M's. We have a special co-host in the house, C.W. Hall. Say hello. Hello, <laughs> friends from Earth. <laughs> C.W.'s been on, on the moon for the last 24 I'm hours. Around here. He's not from around here. He's speaking all types of... Hey, man. Mm. If the aliens came, what would, you, what would be the first thing that you would say to... And I don't even like the word aliens. Like... I, if these people from the extraterrestrial, I don't like that word either. The people I, from beyond. Yeah, whatever. The people from the sky, the sky people. If they came <laughs> down and you know a, a spaceship opened and they walked out, what would be the first thing you would say? I want some hot ganip ganap. Is that food or is that sex? Does <laughs> <laughs> that mean, dude? <laughs> well, you said that you, when you were talking about the UFOs. You said learn their language. I said so learn their only, language. So I don't you know can what tell it means. That's the only thing people. I know to say. Oh, okay, so. all right. I hope, it's a, I hope it's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I want to ask you about your commitment to the truth. Mm. Um, once, once you have a commitment to the truth, and that doesn't mean just not not lying to people that that's that's where it manifests largely but don't lie to yourself that's where you lie to that's where you lie the most yeah or deny the truth yeah i think you have to figure out do you, now do you think your commitment to the truth is a strength i've had it you know, it's, it's it's funny i i had some colleagues in a project that i was working on that that they laughingly uh, referred to my my willingness and steadfastness to the truth they, they, they kind of mocked it like a weakness that yeah. uh, I can't tell a quote-unquote white lie. And I'm like, I'm talking business to people. I don't want to tell them a white lie to get them to say yes. So we had to part ways. But, yeah. but I mean, you know, it's, it's, there's, you can either do business with the truth or without it. And trust and believe, I, I know what it feels like. Uh, I've had people in my industry tell me that I work too hard. Uh, that you know my clients won't appreciate it they'll never appreciate what you do so you basically do the bare minimum and that's not how that's not what resonates well with me for other people if it resonates with them that's fine and you know I feel sorry for for their clients um, but for me I'm gonna I want to tell the truth I want to look and peel back the layers like who 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 are the people that are investing or, or managing my client's money? Do they care about us? Do they care about people that look like us? You know, I fit those five boxes, you know, the LGBT, the women, the blah, blah, blah. Like, do they care about people that look like me, or are we just a person for them to make money off of? Um, things like that matter to me, and, and people are like, well, you're, taking, you're doing too much, and I don't feel that it's too much. I can't, I don't know any other way of being. It's the, same, it's the same experience in healthcare. That's part of why... 
I want to do what I'm going to be doing, and I want to help my fellow listeners out there who take time to check us out is to help them be a better consumer of healthcare and also to be a better uh, player in what is something that they must be driving. Uh, you, you've got to have a true hand of yourself. You can't just let Dr. So-and-so be your guide. And, it, and it, the, the, the thing I really want people to understand is you have to wrap your heads around this healthcare piece because it's not just, you know, for us, we're the sandwich generation. So we're taking care of our kids, and then a lot of us, we have to help out our parents. And I don't know if you've ever had to help an elderly relative with their doctor's appointments and the different medications. They've got 18 different doctors, and none of the doctors, there's not one person that is talking to all 17 other doctors. That's right. So this medication has an adverse effect to this medication. This Grandma's passing out. Grandma's lethargic. Grandma da-da-da. And there's all these different things happening. It's too much. It's too much, and it's not fair. No one has time to go behind a doctor and ask. And, you know, I, I, I give it up to doctors because I could never do what they do. But there needs to be a level of bedside manner. There needs to be a level of actual caring, giving a care about your patients and what happens once you're done with your 15 minutes with them. And that's why I was, you know, the concierge service. I, yep. I have a client that has a concierge doctor. This doctor spends an hour with her and her son ask her how she's doing, knows that she's stressed, you know, like really gets to know his patients. And to me, it's worth the money. It's definitely worth the money. We need to go back to that, 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 that type of caring. Like, I want to know that my doctor isn't judging me because of the color of my skin. The concierge model is one that's really evolving and, and is going to become more prominent, particularly in primary care. It's there's uh, an organization here that in the Atlanta area that is building a, a concierge. It's direct pay is really the better way to say it because it's evolving to be direct pay. It used to be concierge, kind of as it implies, was really aimed at the people of means. Yeah. Um, but the, they're finding that they can actually, as a practice, make good money. Um, and also deliver service to particularly employer groups okay. uh, for a reasonable cost. Nice. So you'll see a lot more of that as well. But Are you going to be able to hang out with me? Absolutely. Oh, thank you, thank you. When we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's, we are going to talk about these IPOs and what the heck is going on with them. And then we have my uh, market movers and losers coming up on, in 300 seconds. Lots of people meet friends and potential love interests online through dating sites, social media, or mobile apps. It can be a great way to meet people, but not everyone is who they say they are online. In fact, scams related to online relationships are on the rise. It's a red flag if the person wants to move quickly to personal email or instant messaging to continue talking. Professors love quickly, claims to be from the United States but is working or traveling abroad, plans to visit but cancels at the last minute, ask for money to deal with an emergency or ask you to open a bank account for them. Here are some things you can do. Cut off contact if you suspect a scam. Watch your wallet. Don't wire money, send cash, or put money on gift cards for someone you know only online. Learn more about online relationship scams at aarp.org backslash fraudwatchnetwork. Energizing a nation, one listener at a time. It's SSNATL.com, radio that's not dumbed down. And we are back with Finn Wren, Financial Renaissance with the M's. 
Welcome, CW. Thank you for uh, hanging out with us today. We are streaming live on SSNATL.com. I believe we're on Facebook. You can go to Sensation Station Network, hit the like button, and you can uh, join uh, join in with us. Or you can watch me on Periscope at Emma Knows Money. I'm on Instagram at Emma Knows Money. Facebook at Emma Knows Money. Is there anything else? I think that's it. Did you get the Instagrams? Yeah, I got the Instagram, but... Um, and also on YouTube at Emma Knows Money, and I need 100 subscribers. So I need somebody to hit the subscribe button on my I have YouTube. it yet, so I will. So I have, because uh, I want that, you know, the, the yeah. whatever page. Special so I have, I have the special thing, but I just shot. need, right, yeah, yeah, all that. Um, if you want to join the conversation, you can text us at 678-613-5857. Uh, coming up on our show, we're going to actually, one of my top five stories is about Best Buy and Healthcare. They're foray into it, um, as well as my MNO's money, which will be sponsored by AARP. I'm going to give open enrollment tips. But first, let's talk about some exciting news this week. We work. <laughs> we work. So, and all the other IPOs that have busted. Only once. All right. So this year alone, Pinterest, Peloton. Uber, Lyft, uh, they're not the same company, Uber and Lyft, <clears throat> excuse me, Smile Direct Club, Beyond Meat, and WeWork, just to name a few, are doing the same thing that happened with these tech companies during the dot-com blah, blah, bluster. You remember those days? Uh, they, they had these great tech companies, but they never figured out how to make money. And so there have been companies that have gone public without uh, being able to make money. So Smile Direct Club. All right, you know, they are the ones that do those, like, Invisaligner type things. Between the years of 2017 and 2018, they lost over $100 million. Is that a lot? Yes, and then they went, <laughs> and then they went public uh, this year, and their, uh, their, their stock price took a nosedive. Peloton has had the third worst debut in the past decade of a company that has raised over a billion dollars. Now, a billion is nine zeros and then a comma so we can you know kind of put perspective in, in how big these numbers are okay the third worst in over a decade all right uber and lyft after they went public they continued to lose money uh uber <clears throat> like uh twitter and a couple of other companies have never figured out how to make money but they're the, if you invest in us at some point there will be there at the end of this rainbow. We have <laughs> so many users. Gold. There's a pot of gold, right? So uh, Uber, in the first two quarters that it went public as a publicly traded company, has reported $6.2 billion in losses. Now, isn't that when you jump in, you, you get it cheap? And then you ride the wave up. Isn't that what you do? Is that what you're supposed to do? <laughs> Buy low and sell high. Lyft has reported a $1.7 billion in losses in their first two quarters as a publicly traded company. And Uber's out there buying stuff up, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm looking at it going, this is just not cool. And when people, if you're thinking about, you know, getting in on that IPO, you want to get in, you want to put your $10,000 with a group of people and a lawyer and blah, 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 you really have to learn how to read, read balance sheets. You have to learn how to read financial statements before you go investing. All of this stuff is public, but you have to, you have to learn. Um, let's talk about what the word capitalism means, okay? Because this is where I think these tech companies are failing, okay? 
capitalism operates under a key discipline <laughs> and that key discipline is the word profit okay not not for profit it's like in the jerk it's a profit it's deal. a profit deal if a company cannot profitably make a product or service or sell at a price that a customer is willing to pay that company will go out of business leaving room in the marketplace for more efficient competitors. And I think we're at a point where we may need more efficient competitors, and I think they're coming. So when we're looking at a lot of these sweatsuit-wearing, eclectic guys that are these Silicon Valley CEOs, et cetera, et cetera, and WeWorks is one of those. Um, true story, uh, last, about a year ago, a little uh, over a year ago, I was going to move my I moved my office from uh, Buckhead to Midtown um, in the city of Atlanta. And while I was looking for um, new office space, I didn't want to be in that normal office where your door closes and you don't see anything else. You know, that's kind of old school to me. And <clears throat> I'd like to stay young. So I, you know, called one of my buddies, uh, Renard Ragsdale of um, uh, Ragsdale Design Group and told him I was looking for office space, told him what I was looking for, and said, hey, I may check out WeWork. And he said, no, you, you may want to read up on them. And I said, read up on them. He's like, yeah, Em, you know, they're losing billions. And I said, no way. They're about to go public, and they're looking at doing this and doing that. And I read an article in the Atlanta Business Chronicle that he forwarded to me, and sure enough, um, the CEO was buying properties, not necessarily for the company, but for himself. And then in a true telltale fashion, the, the CEO decided to cash out of his shares before the company went public. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of them, mind you, but a huge portion of them. And Ooh, hey. so nothing, nothing suggests you don't know what you're doing, like uh, selling out of your shares after you get a bunch of investor <laughs> money and before the company goes public. Thank so, you. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's that's what he did. Now. The reason why a lot of these companies are able to go public, there's something going on. Number one, valuations of corporations um, are a result of more than a decade of near zero interest rates. So interest rates have been artificially low, so these companies are bolstering themselves up, bumping themselves up, they, but they really don't have uh, anything to stand on. The other thing is because of the low rates, investors, there really aren't less risky things for investors to put money in. So they're banking on, you know, these fairy tales um, that these CEOs in Silicon Valley are, are trying to sell to us. So it's hard to find good returns on less risky investments. But I got to tell you, this isn't a good investment, not in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Have you invested in Uber? Well, I was just going to ask you. I have not. No. And I, I, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this model I, I i guess on some level i understand because each of the each of those companies the theme was very much the same and that is trying to go for a mass of users and the assumption being that once we have a mass of users it's either um, we can either begin to inch the cost of use up a little bit such that it be, you know becomes all of a sudden revenue that floats all the boats but I, I, I for for the life of me, cannot understand how, you know, Joe Average, biz, small business owner, uh, mom and pop shop that's doing everything, they're, they're job creators, they've got three, four employees, and they're trying to get a loan. If they go to a bank with negative revenue, what type of loan are they getting? They're not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're, you, they're not. So, so the goal is, instead of having this small company, just amp it all up, <laughs> you know? 
get 300 employees and come up with a pie in the sky dream and, and go to Goldman Sachs and go to Bank of America and go to all these investment bankers and tell them about your wild dreams for success and how you plan on making a tri trillion dollars. Like, let's, let's bump this up. And you too may be able to get a loan. Like, to me, it's a slap in the face. So how do I, if, I, if I'm somebody that happens to have some re revenue that I could be discretionary with and I can invest in such a thing, I mean, um, how do I go about it? I mean, do, do I need, what, what are questions that I need to ask? You know, there are venture capitalists that are out there now that are investing in smaller companies. The question is, you really need to look at people's, at, at their books. Like, there's no ands and ifs, or you have to look at their financial statements. And if you yourself, you know, there's a book called Financial Statements for Dummies, um, which I think everyone should read, especially if you're looking at investing in any company, whether it's in the stock market, uh, whether you're looking at giving money to your to your nephew for his, you know, newspaper route, whatever. You need to look at Check the numbers. Your own, own finances. Your own, correct. You need to learn how to read at least financial statements. Now, if you learn enough to be dangerous, then the next step is to give that to either an accountant or a business attorney, somebody that reads these statements on an ongoing basis and ask them to look. Um, certain auditors, they can take a look at a financial statement and they'll start circling in that red pen or that red pencil like, oh no, this is not working. Or they'll start following the money and find out where the money is really coming from and where the money is really going to. Um, that's one of the issues that we have is just because somebody's about to go public doesn't mean that they're doing everything the right way. I don't know if you remember the, uh, I can't think of her name, Elizabeth Holmes, Theranos, the company that was supposed to wow. do, <laughs> that was another, they were going to go public too. She had on her board, you can't just look at who's involved right. with the company either. She had Donald Rumsfeld, Henry Kissinger. She had the yeah. who's who and the what's what on her board of directors and not one of them ever looked at her books or looked to see that she knew what the, her company could do what it said it was going to do. It's crazy. It is insane. And I'm wondering, like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? People are sweating me about, you know, X, Y, and Z, and there are these people that are blatantly lying to investors, and nothing happens to them. You know, I want us to do what they do in China. If you lie as a CEO, <laughs> as a CEO or a business person, if you get caught lying or deceiving the public, you go to jail. <laughs> you know, Chinese jail is not like American oh, jail. Oh, it's probably unpleasant. It is. It do you is. think this kind of trend where companies are obviously going for mass, again, for massive consumers, um, do, you, do you think that the ability to get that done, going back to your discussion about how do I get – funds when my revenues are so negative? How do I get more? Uh, do you think that's a, a function of so many different platforms now that allow me, Joe Schmo, average guy even, um, to even play small, but I can invest myself. So I can do the research with the little graphs and so forth in my TD Ameritrade portal. Yeah, I'll give them the props, I guess. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, to, to do those types of platforms, is it, do you think that's kind of what makes this possible? No. Because this, this type of IPO thing doesn't even hit that platform yet. You know, so this is all the mm. stuff that's happening before you're even able to invest in them on your TD platform. So when um, they come out as an IPO, though, are you, do they not hit that kind of thing? Not yet. So I'm clearly not, not a user yeah, of yeah, those yeah. platforms. So, but. no, no, no. Um, when they're going IPO, they're raising money at that time, and it's before they usually go public and where the regular investors can invest with them on, on the stock exchange. They have to 
you know, get raise a certain amount of capital. Uh, the different investment bankers agree to sell a certain portion of the shares. And that's where, uh, you know, back in the day I used to work for a company called Dean Winter Reynolds, wanted to be a stockbroker. I am licensed as a stockbroker, but, um, you know, they underwrite this stock and then they have to, they try to sell it. And it, we don't know if the, if the people they're selling it to actually need to, uh, need to buy it. When we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's, we're going to jump into my top five news stories of the week. Announcement brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Lots of people meet friends and potential love interests online through dating sites, social media, or mobile apps. It can be a great way to meet people, but not everyone is who they say they are online. In fact, scams related to online relationships are on the rise. It's a red flag if the person wants to move quickly to personal email or instant messaging to continue talking. Professors love quickly, claims to be from the United States but is working or traveling abroad, plans to visit but cancels at the last minute, ask for money to deal with an emergency or ask you to open a bank account for them. Here are some things you can do. Cut off contact if you suspect a scam. Watch your wallet. Don't wire money, send cash, or put money on gift cards for someone you know only online. Learn more about online relationship scams at aarp.org backslash fraudwatchnetwork. Emma Knows Money is brought to you by AARP's Fraud Watch Network. Go to aarp.org or ssnatl.com and click the Fraud Watch Network banner for more info. Got to understand about AARP. This is Emma Knows Money, the Emma folks, sitting here with C.W. Hall. Listen, uh, everyone needs to have an AARP card. I don't care how old you are. If you are no longer on your parents' payroll, get an AARP card because you will get discounts at the grocery store, 10% off. Did you know that? I don't have one yet, though. I'm getting into the neighborhood of where no, I'm it's not, for them. No, just get it. You will get discounts. Your kids can get discounts on auto insurance if they take the classes. There's a whole bunch of benefits for, and they're a lobbying organization for health care. You should definitely have an AARP card. It's not for old people. I will check it out. You know, you know we don't want to pretend that we're old. Anyway, all right, so my top five news stories of the week. All right, DoorDash, which is one of those delivery services. DoorDash announced on Thursday that 4.9 million customers, delivery workers, and merchants had their information stolen by hackers on May 4th. Now, we are supposed to know 90 days after a hack when a hack has happened. How did DoorDash find out about the hack? Their customers told them. Oh, you were going to count? Go I was ahead. Trying to, ahead. It seems Go ahead. like it's been longer I said than May. That. May 4th. Okay. What, and and we found out last... You can use your fingers. We're live. <laughs> so five months later, <laughs> five months later, they tell us um, that our information has been stolen. So uh, DoorDash gets a big, I don't have anything to throw at them today, but I would throw something at you. Can I get some glass breaking, man? Come on, man. Get with it. So DoorDash really, really messed up. Um, so users who joined the platform before April 5th, 2018, had their name, email address, delivery address, order history, phone numbers, um, uh, stolen and password stolen. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There is uh, $352 billion in 529 plans for children. Um, and that sounds like a lot of money, right? We should be pretty happy about that. But um, according to the experts on uh, saveforcollege.com, savingforcollege.com, they say that that's not enough. Because the cost of, of um, education, like healthcare, 
grows by about 6% each and every year. I'm not entirely certain that you need to go to college. You know, that's another, that'll have to be another there's show. There's certain good there, ones. Yeah, there, there, you know, there'll have to be another show. Um, I just saw some, some statistics on that. Not everybody needs to not, go to college. Not everybody? <laughs> Where are you from, St. Louis? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, there were 14 million 529 accounts as of June of this year, um, and that's up. Um, so according to the, uh, but according to the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, Americans now owe 1.5 trillion in student loan debt. So yes, you're saving for your kids' college, but you also need to pay down your student loans and save for your retirement. So uh, yeah, all right. Nobody panics when things go according to plan, even if the plan is horrifying. Oh, this plan is really horrifying. Young people are spending a thousand dollars a month to rent a bunk bed. Oof. Yes, bunk beds. They're called pod shares. They're upscale, hostile living. Upscale, hostile living. A That's thousand... like jumbo shrimp, isn't it? Hey, man, a thousand dollars a month for a bunk bed, a full-size bunk bed. Are it you better kidding be me? Better be a life-changing bunk bed. Hey, man. All right. So it's less than half the average cost of a one-bedroom in, say, L.A. or San Francisco. And for a bunk, you can uh, there'll be like different bunks in a large room uh, with other young people. <laughs> and f with that thousand dollars, you get free utilities, basic toiletries, coffee, food, and food staples like ready, peanut butter and ramen noodles. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> they have staffers that live on site. Uh, this sounds like a, what do you, they call it? RD room, uh, resident directors, or dorm directors. That's yeah, what RAs, this sounds. Yeah. RAs. That's what this sounds more like. Uh, they have staffers that live on site that gonna that will clean up after guests and even cook meals with them. Pod Shares, uh, which is the name of the company, rents 220 beds across five Los Angeles locations and one in San Francisco. And um, one of the things we have to think about with this co-living is that people can't really afford, as I said, can't afford um, apartments, number one. Number two, these co-living companies are trying to sell this minimalist lifestyle. Um, and, and they used to do this back in the day. They called it boarding houses, though, but those sounded stinky and people shared like a bathroom. And this is kind of the same thing, but it's upscale with Wi-Fi. <laughs> so it should be It's really nice. It's really nice, right? <laughs> but one of the things that they're saying is that this is going to help with millennials because uh, millennials are suffering for 30% of millennials are suffering from loneliness if they do live by themselves. So this co-living co thing is supposed to help them out a little bit with that. All right, this one no, is going to... No, 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 no. No means no. No means no. That's Consuela. Hey, listen, this is about Best Buy. Best Buy is adapting to the new reality. And I, you know, shout outs to any company that sees the future and starts making changes before the future smacks them in the head. So Best Buy has their eye on the $3.5 trillion healthcare market as its big source of revenue, okay? Um, what they are doing, they've told Wall Street um, that they want to become the chief technology officer for our homes. I still feel this is too invasive, but let's see. So um, they want to do everything from troubleshooting a home with a faulty Wi-Fi system to sending alerts if our parents haven't opened the refrigerator to let us know that they are not eating. 
you know, they've got new Wi-Fi things that will dispense pills for our parents so that we don't have to ask them if they're taking right. their meds. I mean, we just know that it's dispensing, but unless yes. I'm seeing them putting it in their mouth, like, right. let me see under your tongue. So uh, Best Buy last year spent about a billion dollars on uh, um, acquisitions. They've been acquiring a bunch of uh, smaller healthcare companies. Um, they have an emergency response system for elderly that right now is servicing about a million people and generated about $3 million in revenue last year. So the company now has resources to better serve healthcare customers. Um, so they want to be fluid in that space. So a lot of people are looking at healthcare because, again, the average single retiree is going to spend about $280,000 just on healthcare and retirement, not including living, just healthcare. Married couple, we're looking at about three fifty. So if you have just three fifty saved for retirement, that's just your healthcare costs. <laughs> you got to do some more. All right. They say this cat shaft is a bad mother. I'm done, my shaft. Yeah, shut your mouth. <laughs> All right, consumers are, are consumer spending has gone down, and this is why I say I think the world is listening to me, and it makes me feel good. So we don't need to spend on things that we don't necessarily need. Right now, it's not time to spend on wants, especially when you know that the things that you want will potentially be on sale six months from now. Okay, um, so Americans are cutting back in the month of August. Americans cut back on what they were spending, and we're saving more. That is incredible. Incredible. <laughs> right. So um, some of the, the cut down on spending may have to do with Hurricane Dorian. Um, that may have, uh, you know, did something to it. And then the other little factor has to do with our president and the, uh, the Chinese tariffs, which caused the stock market to do a temporary plunge, blah, blah, blah. Stock market's at an all-time high. I'm waiting for that to drop down. You know, that's also artificial right now. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a whole other, uh, a lot of stuff to go on about that. Um, one of the things um, about the Trump and the tariffs is the company Nike. Nike right now, we would think, is, it was, is taking a beating, but it's not. Um, Nike's not suffering at all. As a matter of fact, in the United States, Nike stock is up 17% so far this year. Uh, the reason being is that the Nike brand, you know, they've got this whole supply and demand thing on lock, okay? Uh, in China, the Nike brand still resonates very, very well, and the Chinese are still buying Nikes, and because of that, the company's sales in China were up 16% last quarter. Okay, even though there's the tariffs and everything else. So kudos to Nike for keeping uh, people's feet, <laughs> keeping, keeping, keeping people's shoe game on, on point. Um, when we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's, what do I have? My M&O's money? I will be doing my M&O's money sponsored by AARP. Do you feel in charge? Emma Knows Money is brought to you by AARP's FraudWatch Network. Go to AARP.org or SSNATL.com and click the FraudWatch Network banner for more info. All right, this segment of AARP is brought to us by AARP in Georgia. 
Did I say that right? This segment of Emma Knows Money is brought to you by <laughs> AARP in Georgia. All right, I am talking about open enrollment. Open enrollment, if you work for an employer, open enrollment is when you kind of get your benefits in order. And the first thing I need to tell you is you need to check out your beneficiary assignment. So you want to look at your 401ks, you want to look at your life insurance and figure out who is going to be your beneficiary and whether or not you still like them. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. For life insurance, typically you get one times your salary. The company gives you that usually for free. But what you need to do is add up the cost of all your goals. Whether if you want, if you were to pass away, figure out what you would want to be paid off or what you would want to happen with some money. So add up the cost of all your goals, your kid's retirement, oh, excuse me, your kid's college education. Uh, that's what they're thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're thinking. Your kid's college <laughs> education, your grandkids' college education, uh, your retirement, your spouse's retirement, what it would cost to pay off your mortgage, et cetera, et cetera. And if your company offers it, get a supplemental policy that will go up to sometimes it's up to seven or ten times your salary. Um, then you also want to ask your HR department whether or not your insurance, your life insurance is portable. And what that means is if you separate from the company, meaning you either quit or they terminate you, does that like can that life insurance go with you um, for the rest of your life? And if the answer is no, then maybe you want to look at getting your own individual life insurance policy. Now, by law, children cannot own money. So when you're looking at this, when you're doing a beneficiary check, be very careful uh, as to who you select as your beneficiary. You may want to talk to your certified financial planner, your insurance agent, your estate planning attorney, because if you select your child as a beneficiary and you pass away, the state that you live in will dictate what happens to that money and how it's doled out. So don't uh, don't now, let. Is that under 21 or under 18? What's under the child? 18. A child is legal age, wow. 18. All right. Uh, accidental death and dismemberment. Now, while I can't tell you not to get accidental death and dismemberment, it is not the same thing as disability or life insurance. Accidental death and dismemberment means you have to be dismembered, meaning hands chopped off, feet chopped off, blind in an eye, deaf in an ear, or you have to die on the scene of the accident. Like they have to put that white sheet over you at the accident. You cannot get in the ambulance with a pulse, okay, in order for that insurance to, to pay out. That's why it's so cheap. And there has to be a full moon. And we have to be in the age of Aquarius. All of that stuff combined. It has to be Monday. It has to be Monday. Oh, yeah. It has to be Monday. All right. So. The MVP of all insurances for me is disability insurance, and that is the glue that holds your financial life together. That's right, because with disability insurance, you are insuring your most valuable asset, and that is your ability to earn income. So there's short-term disability, which lasts for three to six months. There's long-term that'll kick in after three or six months, and it's supposed to last until you're age 65. If your company offers supplemental, most companies will do 50 or 60% of your current income, which is taxable, but some companies will do an extra 10% as a supplement. If they offer it, get it. Now, the question you need to ask your HR department on Monday is, hey, HR lady or HR man, is my long-term disability insurance integrated with Social Security? And what that means is, if you are disabled for, say, six months or more, after that six month, your company can reduce your long-term care disability, excuse me, your long, your long, your disability benefits by about 75%. 
okay? And they do that because they think Social Security is supposed to kick in. If your policy is integrated with Social Security, uh, they will reduce your benefit amount. And Social Security, the first one or two times you apply, they deny you. Denied. That's right. So you want to find that out from your HR department. And if it is integrated with Social Security, you may want to talk to your insurance agent uh, or uh, financial advisor about getting an individual disability policy. All They're right. Like six or eight bucks. You can get them inexpensively. What? The, that, that individual. Type of, that type of disability policy. And then not six or eight bucks. That's if you have like AFLAC. That's the short term. I'm talking the long term ones mm. cost a little bit more. No, this is if you become disabled, mm -hmm. you'll get a uh, an, an advisor who takes you through the process. They have a 95% pass rate on the first first try. To, do, to your point about the social security and all that. 75% plus fail if they do it themselves. Yep. And, and so, yep. so I mean, I know this because I was back when you and I were doing our, uh, the, the show with AGLCC, I was doing some work with some folks that were working with a company that mm -hmm. provides that very thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Amazon, no names. Amazon is a big company that actually <laughs> bought that for their employees. Yeah. So HSAs is another thing you may want to look into. If your company offers an HSA, they, more than likely they'll also match in there. And it's a nice way to kind of front, start front loading your health care uh, expenses because you can put money in there and it's not use it or lose it. If your company offers it and you can put money into it, go ahead. And if you can max it out, do that too. Mm -hmm. Now, long-term care is another insurance that some companies are starting to offer. What they'll offer through your job won't be the best won't be the best thing out there, but it is something. I would still get it. Uh, this will help you preserve your estate and also preserve your legacy. Long-term care is insurance that will kick in if you can't perform two out of the six activities of daily living, like feeding yourself, bathing yourself, getting out of the bed into a chair, things of that nature. Um, the cost of long-term care right now, if you need to have someone coming in, a nurse coming into your house, or if you need to go to a facility, it's about $70,000 a year. Crazy. 10 years from now, that cost is going to be about $190,000 a year. So get what you can get through your job, and then also you want to speak to someone about getting a policy on your own, and it will help preserve your legacy. There are hybrid models out right now. You know, we I call it live, die, and quit, where if you don't use it, uh, your family will get those premiums back. If you don't want it anymore, you can get the premiums back. And if you're alive and you use it, you know, of course, you're using it. So if you have elder loved ones, you want to start having these conversations to find out whether or not they have any type of long-term care. And if you have brothers, sisters, cousins, etc., the, the, all of you may want to get together and, and chip in and pay that long-term care premium. A couple of hundred dollars is a heck of a lot cheaper now than having to pay thousands of dollars if your elder loved one needs long-term care, um, needs a nurse to come into the household, things like that. And if you have any questions, feel free to give my office a call at 404-633-99. 52. This segment of MNO's Money was brought to you by AARP Georgia. And we are back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. You are here with myself, Emma Folks, and C.W. Hall, my guest slash co-host of the day. It has been an amazing show. You know what? There was something I needed to mention that I did not. Check this out. The California State Assembly passed legislation that is going to allow college athletes to profit from endorsements as of 
January 1st in the year 2023 without losing eligibility. So for those of you that have got kids in high school and middle school, they will be able to make money sooner. It makes yes. sense. I realize it's yes. probably going to be a Pandora's box of problems. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I don't care. I, 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 that's, uh, I, that is legal slavery. If you get to, to a way they can yeah, do that and have some degree of regulation over it, I think it's good. Now, one other thing for those of you that are collecting Social Security, it looks like your increase um, in 2020, it's looking like it's only going to be 1.8%. Uh, inflation is uh, is going to be about three point something, but you'll <laughs> you'll safely lose money. <laughs> <laughs> Got to spend money to make money. That's right. That's right. So today's show, we talked about IPOs. We talked about healthcare, and especially about self care. Yes. And live life well dot com. When is it uh, going live? Well, we're putting it together now. I've got a couple of discussions in play right now that will shore up the, the remaining production cost to, to kind of put things in motion. But um, my goal is to be putting out shows for people to consume sometime in October. Okay. And so you'll see us on YouTube, and then uh, a little bit later I'll put out the, the website. Are you going to need me to subscribe to your YouTube channel? Yeah, subscribe so you can get me to 100 also. I'll, you rub my back, I'll rub yours. What? What did you just say? You rub my back? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you yeah. said? Okay. Scratch my back. Scratch, scratch my back. There we go. Yours, you rub mine. I thought, uh, are you popping a question to me? What is, what's, what's, what's going on? Yeah, you, it was you about got down proposal. on bended knee, yeah, and I was I, like, I, what is this about? I'll fall off camera if I go on bended knee. So imagine me on, on uh, down on one knee. But as I was talking about earlier, part of what Live Life Well is going to be about, and Live Life Well TV is about bringing you together with people that I know and trust that, that can help give you the roadmap that you need to get that particular facet of your life in order. And I was going to propose to you that you become one of the contributors for Live Life Well. So we'll talk Emma Knows Money topics to help people understand what they need to do um, to get their finances in order. Oh, wow. Well, so, I, I, yes, man. You know, I, all you have to do is call my phone and I'm there. I'm there. Listen, uh, coming up next, we have Sensational Smooth Sunday. And listen, to all my financial knowledge seekers, thank you for all that you do. And remember, each one, teach one.